Welcome to the Inspired Living with Autoimmunity podcast, the podcast for high achievers who want to stay sharp, focused, and full of energy despite their diagnosis. With your host, National Board Certified Functional Medicine Health Coach, Julie Michelson, where Julie helps you take your power back from autoimmunity. And now here's your host, Julie Michelson. Welcome back to the Inspired Living with Autoimmunity podcast. I'm your host, Julie Michelson. And today we are joined by Diana Lane, and we're talking about the foundational components of whole body healing. Diana is a self-care specialist, integrative medicine practitioner, and holistic health expert specializing in women's wellness, practicing in Austin, Texas. In today's conversation, we are talking about the perfect blend of science and woo. Diana gives us tips on essential steps for wellness, as well as how to avoid the common roadblocks that are detrimental to health. Diana, welcome to the podcast. Great. Thanks so much, Julie. I'm excited to be here. I am so excited to to learn about your transition into this beautiful world you've created uh, with integration and acupuncture and science and woo as somebody that I believe your story shifted as you were a pre-med cardiac surgeon. Is that where you were originally headed? You know, it started with that journey of self and soul. I wanted to help the world by healing hearts. I had been a ballerina when I was young and was 16 with multiple eating disorders, super unhealthy, hating my body and my life and was wondering how I could do it different. I got into nutrition, which was the low hanging fruit, right? The segue into like, okay, what else is possible? And then when I got into pre-med, it was so apparent that I just wanted to really help people heal. And I was in undergrad, you know, we specialized pretty early, like, obviously, I wasn't like a heart surgeon, but I was in that specialization field, getting ready to drop into UW's program, which is a really extensive pre med program. I was in my cardiothoracic rehab internship up at St. David's, and I could just see how broken the system was. I saw people getting worse and not better. I saw them coming in, throwing out McDonald's cups like two weeks after a heart attack. Oh, gosh. Selling like booze and cigarettes. And I'm just like, is this the way? And as per my nature, I asked a lot of questions. Well, like, can I talk to them about this? Like, what about encouraging water? What about lifestyle changes and modifications? And more or less, they were kind of like, look, that's not your job here. You want to get them on the machines, take their vitals, make sure they're taking their prescriptions. And that led me to ask even more questions in this Why? internship. I know. I'm like, well, how often are they, they coming back? Loved you. Not. Oh, man. <laughs> I was that troublemaker. Sorry for asking too many good questions. No, that's and awesome. love me now too. <laughs> uh-huh. Well, we need that. You know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just had to wonder, like, are people, how, what's the return rate? What is life expectancy? And it just hurt my heart, no pun intended, to feel so helpless in a system that's more or less end of life care. And so I call my mom on the way home like, this is not it. How can I create change? How can I help people before they get to this point? And so I segued, I say I jumped ship to the east side, 
ditched my application to the University of Washington. Great school, would have been an amazing program. And I went to Evergreen for a couple semesters and started taking these really interesting integrative courses that were like intro to holistic studies. And I looked into everything. I mean, I'm telling you, Ayurveda, naturopathy, chiropractic, physical therapy, OT, trying to figure out what was the Tao, what was the path. And Chinese medicine fell into my lap and it was so obvious. It's like everything just clicked in my system. The more I learned, the more it made sense. It's so comprehensive, but I'm still a science nerd at heart. I love running labs. I love working with the medical field in the Western world and empowering my patients to ask the right questions, to get those labs so we can look at functional levels and to really be that path to the future of medicine where integration is the key. Ah, I love it. <laughs> it. And this is this is the change, right? You are the change. And I know the work you're doing is is just amazing. And you still, I love that balance. I'm I'm such a geek as well. I'm a data geek. And I I'm always when I'm working with somebody, it's always about feeling better. Like that's the target, right? Life is big and full and wonderful as it can be. But I love seeing markers change on those functional panels so that we know it's like, yeah, yeah, actually, the you know, it all ties together and they all show the same things. So I, I just think that that's in- incredible. I'm always blown away. And especially for you, so many people, it's because they got sick in medical school or, you know, residency, whatever. And you know, Western medicine wasn't helping. And so they searched. So, but you just had this brilliance of like, nope, you knew you needed better answers to those good questions. I couldn't even imagine, you know, going through COVID and everything we've been through the past couple of years, like, you know, that ghost of Christmas past, like, what if, what if I had taken that route? At what point would I have woken up and been like, oh, I can't do this anymore? <laughs> right, right. Well, and thank, and it probably would have ended up um, in some kind of manifestation for you personally, if you weren't living your true calling. So um, I'm just excited that you're doing what you're doing and you do it with such love in your heart. No, no, I've, it's, I always enjoy learning from you and listening to you and, and for people that are able to watch this on video, I mean, it just, you just radiate. So so thank you for sharing that with everybody. So I want to dive into your, what I would consider, and the word is so overused and misunderstood, but truly holistic whole being approach uh, I want to talk about healing because that's what listeners are <laughs> wanting to listen about, you know, and I know that you have, you're very intentional about the, the foundational components to whole body healing to true, which is just true healing, right? If we just fix one thing, we're not healing. So what are those components? You know, there's the basics. I think you'll hear this time and time again. You've probably heard it throughout this series and we'll hear it on many, many others that there are foundational things that everybody can and would benefit from doing. 
moving your body, getting time in nature, drinking high quality, non-fluoridated spring water, eating nutritious whole foods that are organic and high quality grass-fed free range meats, right? Getting sleep and mindfulness. These are all the foundational things that everybody could, should, and hopefully will be practicing in their lives. I was super impressed. I recently went to a new primary care doctor and she even had five foundations that included movement and nutrition and water and sleep and breath, right? These are the things that are the most comprehensive. And there's no one right way or only way to heal. So I am a big fan of having a healing team. As an acupuncturist and functional medicine practitioner, there's so much that I can support on. And I'm like, have a therapist, have a massage therapist, go and see a Western medical doctor, get your pap smears. Maybe don't get as many mammograms, but there are so many things that we need to incorporate into this holistic and whole body healing. So I think fusion here is really the key. Like you said, it's about people feeling well. And sometimes, sometimes that could even mean pharmaceuticals. Now, obviously we want to be mindful of side effects, right? (laughs) The overprescriptions are a big thing. Not everybody needs everything because there are interventions, right? There are things that we can do ahead of time to avoid needing the statins and the blood pressure medications and all the things that can be modified if we talk about those foundations if we bring in herbs and supplements, if we utilize multi-modality healing. And I think that really is the key is like, what can we do to healthcare stack and self-care stack? And what can we do to really avoid the detrimental things that are pills for side effects, side effects and surgeries that may or may not actually do the trick or these experimental, you know, neuromodulators that aren't really always helping and most of the time make things worse. So let's get to the core, right? Let's get to the foundation and really help people heal both from the inside out and the outside in, right? Because there's a lot of stuff around us that we're drinking, putting on our bodies, smelling, that are really toxic and can be attributing to these long-term diseases. Other things like metals, are there metals in your mouth? It's like the number one source of disease right now is these old school mercury fillings and these things that are really, really toxic for us long-term. Wow, you've hit on so many things that drove my <laughs> 11 years of decline. <laughs> it's, and I, I wanted, you know, the ideal and I, I, I'm excited. I don't know that it'll be in my lifetime, but for a time when true prevention, all of those things that you just said, right? <clears throat> Creating that change or just cre- having that lifestyle and preventing the, the need for statins and all the things, but also the beautiful thing, because the body is amazing and can heal, is we can get off of those things. We can still get to that root core and have that great foundation. And so I I just love, that's what's so exciting to me. I I joke, people ask, you know, who who do you really love to work with? And I'm like, I really love helping people who've, you know, maybe got five autoimmune (laughs) diagnoses, you know, heal, truly heal and get better. But I also really love the 
that kind of, and I know the word is overused, but biohacker mindset or, you know, the people that are like, no, I'm good and I want to be better and I want to stay better. Those are really, those are my two, like, yes, let's do this. So that's, it's just amazing that, that, you know, I look at you and and I, and I know you're an adult, but you look so young, (laughs) (laughs) so wise, so early. (laughs) And, and I, I do, I love that you bring up this idea of team, especially as somebody who loves, you know, I, I know results, the best results happen the quickest when people have a team and, and I, and you pointed out everybody's team may look different. So, and we're not throwing, we're not excluding anybody from the team and we're not throwing anybody under the bus. And and so I just, I think we're, we're so aligned in approach that, that I, I just, just really that and your blend of the the Chinese and the science and 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 to me like I, and I get it people I think Chinese medicine is I mean it is where it all started right it's and I think there's there's more and more and more science you know because we like to see that data it's like oh we're just figuring this stuff out and it's like yeah but they've been doing it for thousands of years and now, <laughs> and, now, and now, you know, we're like, oh, this is a great idea. <laughs> you know? It's like quantum well, and physics. Like, what, what I love is that science is really starting to catch up to this finally. ancient medicine. You know, like chi yeah. and ATP are the same thing. Anemia <laughs> and blood deficiency, the same thing. And now that we can actually prove the existence of meridians and acupuncture points, and even the VA is doing some really high-level peer-reviewed double blind research studies on acupuncture. It's like, welcome. I'm glad everybody's catching up in the modern world. You know, this medicine withstood the fall of the Chinese empire for a reason. And now when you go to China, like you go straight, like you have a stroke, you get through the stroke, you're stabilized. They send you directly to the acupuncture ward for the rest of your healing because it's so effective. When you go down to the pharmacy to pick up your prescriptions, you pick up your herbs right at the next window. So this, I think, will be the future of medicine and hopefully sooner rather than later. <laughs> I love that. And I, like essential to highlight that that's where that team, that care team that really know, you know, a, an integrated care team comes into play because like you don't want to be on prescriptions and herbs and without somebody knowing <laughs> what you're on and how they play together and and. I think we're in that time where people, you know, read stuff and I want to try this and I want to try that. And, oh, this worked for her. I'll try that. And that's where having somebody like Diana is essential to to really make sure that, that sometimes we're trying to help ourselves and we end up doing the wrong things. Uh, you know, fortunately, we're also taught Western pharmacology. Like when I went to Eastern medical school, it was still medical school. There was a biomed component. There is a pharmacology component. We learn about herb drug interactions. Fortunately, there's not a ton of them unless you're using something like FUTSA, which is aconite, which is a very precious and cautiously used herb. But, you know, taking them apart from each other, there's actually a lot of herbs and supplements you can take that can help the side effects of some of these Western pharmaceuticals, but it is important to be aware of the rare, but potential for herb drug interactions for sure. Yeah. Which is again, just where I'm like, you know, like you are trained (laughs) 
you know, Google is not a teacher. <laughs> so don't like really, because I just see so, so much of, or another thing, you know, we use a lot of supplements. People ask me all the time, you know, what supplement should everybody be on? I'm like, I don't know. Let me see their labs. <laughs> like There is that we're all different and, and at different times. And so it's like, well, let's see what, you know, what do you really need? Um, and I've had so many people like, oh, I, I don't know. I'm just, I don't, that seems like a lot of stuff. I don't want to take that. And and then I find out it's because they're taking 20 other things that they read about over the past two years that might be helpful. And I'm like, okay, what if we pause the stuff that isn't showing you have a need for right now and actually support your body where it needs it? So I, I just, I love that you had that, again, that just full spectrum of science and woo and, and the more I learn about what I used to think is will is again, again, just goes back to, no, that's just science. <laughs> we just don't have the double blind studies yet. Yeah. You know, and that's changing. I really love, you know, like I said, I'm a research nerd seeing the way they're starting to utilize these techniques and, and really getting precise, right? Like there were a bunch of studies where they were comparing acupuncture to sham acupuncture. Now what sham acupuncture was, was them still like using a toothpick to stimulate the point, but maybe not inserting the needle all the way. And guess what? You're still stimulating the point. So now these studies are starting to utilize like no intervention, sham acupuncture and acupuncture and or other controls that make it really precise. And you'll see more and more of this in the future. Which is exciting. And I think, you know, we're talking specifically acupuncture and Chinese medicine, but but even just functional medicine in general, I mean, that is there there is not a lot of data, even things that like we know like we know, and there are studies you can pull together, but you know, we know you need to move and you need sunlight and clean water and good, you know, real good food and all the things. And I, I want to dig in a little more to those foundations because I, I think there's almost two sides of the spectrum of like, oh, I roll again. It's the same. It's movement and sleep and toxin. You know, it's, everybody's always saying that. And, and that's a lot, right? It's like either it's so boring because I've heard it so many times I'm not, or like that's overwhelming. So of the, the, and they are all essential and they all work together, just like our body systems. Like there's not any isolated body system. Where, where do you think is essential for people to start? Like maybe they are eating McDonald's and I mean, I don't know. I, I would love to poll my listeners and see, are, do I even have listeners that are still eating McDonald's? Gosh, I hope not. <laughs> Please stop. But aside from that, like of of them, you know, where do you start? Because I, I always feel like, you know, we need to create a little momentum, right? Nobody's going to go from zero to 100 overnight and sustain it. So yeah. like, is there is there a hierarchy in your book or or a starting place? That's a great question. One of the things I teach a lot of my patients is about self-care stacking, right? There's ways to make these things joyful. I definitely think if you're not getting adequate nutrition, sleep and hydration, like those 
above everything else, because it's going to be much harder to go out and move or feel inclined and motivated to do those things if your brain is inflamed from eating a bunch of gluten or McDonald's or whatever that is, or if you're exhausted and dehydrated because you haven't been sleeping and drinking enough water. So I would say those are like the trifecta foundation for the rest of the things. And then everything else kind of comes together, right? Getting time outside in nature, breathing, listening to binaural beats is one thing you can do in 20 minutes, right? And if you have adequate sleep and hydration and enough fuel, it's going to be a lot easier to self-care stack some of these other things. With sleep, you know, there are things that need to be moderated and modified in order to get deep sleep. That includes a dark, quiet safe place to be sleeping where maybe your animals also are trained to sleep well with you or mm-hmm. things like that because these little cofactors can really disrupt the rest of the human ecosystem right sleep is a foundation for everything else but so is nutrition and adequate spring water that's not housed in plastic bottles that does not have fluoride in it right those things are all inflammatory for the brain and if your system as a foundation is rocked and not getting what it needs of course you're not going to want to go and find joyful movement or do things that are going to further nourish the rest of your longevity. I love that. And I love your, your self-care stacking. I know we've spoken in a, in a different location (laughs) about, you know, the whole, like doing, doing the things outside, right? So once you're getting outside and you're maybe using binaural beats and you're doing your breathing, well, then, you know, go for a little hike or a walk or, you know, add in that movement and you're just you're just getting this hit or don't even do that. Maybe take your shoes off and stand. There's just so many ways. And I love that you keep touching on joyful because I I think that, that it is essential. It's, I think a missing piece of wellness is joyfulness. And if you're going to, to try to improve your foundation and you're thinking of it as a chore, it's, it's not serving you. I mean, you're not going to do it for long. And so I love the the idea of joyful movement because I am somebody, I just sent an email out this week, like confessing, I don't like working out in a gym. I don't. That's, you are not going to find me working out in a gym. I move hay bales, I hand pump, you know, <laughs> I was, I was paddle boarding yesterday. So the night before I was hand pumping those, and it was like, my friend was like, you don't have a pump. And I'm like, it never even occurred. Like, <laughs> this is, it's a great workout. It was like 96 degrees. And we were like, you know, and I live at altitude. <laughs> so, but whatever that joyful movement is like, that's the way, like, it's the, the stuff you want to do. And yes, I have equipment. I work out at home. I'm not saying don't ever work. I'm saying find, I, I have friends that love going to the gym. My daughter loves going to the gym. My son, one of my sons love it. Like, great, do it. Find, find the thing and just keep changing it up to, till you find the things. So I love that you easier to implement if you do it that way. Yeah. Things routines anymore. I call them rituals because who wants a routine? I mean, people might like the structure of routine, but ritual makes it feel really cohesive with my body. I'm like, oh yes, it's a ritual. Right? Well, and I could feel that word when you said it. And I, I, what I was thinking was, 
some, and I, I do, you know, kids thrive on routine. Like I, I think as humans in, in a sense, yes, we, we need routine, but often routines are not supportive, right? Like, you know, I know a lot of people that'll have a drink when they get home from work. That's their routine. It doesn't mean that. So like, I don't think their body would find that a, a ritual, right? And so I love, I, my heart could, I just had this like expansion when you said ritual. So I'm, I'm going to be, I'm going to be stealing that one. I will credit you. <laughs> Love it. <Sure. laughs> so we we touched on the these essential foundations, and they are. And it, it's so funny because back to kind of that biohacking mentality. You know, everybody wants the quick hit or the cool thing or the fancy workout equipment or the and it, and it, to start with, are you sleeping? Are you drinking? Are you you know like we tend to overlook that sometimes, and so I I I think it can't be talked about enough. So these are the things we need for healing. What are some of the most detrimental things that are negatively impacting health and wellness? Like what are you, what's, who's showing up at your door? What are you seeing as these kind of drivers? And you mentioned some. Yeah, you know, we live in a society where we're definitely quick fix motivated. And the other big thing that's happening is slowly transitioning out of, but over the last decade or so is this mindset of hustle culture, you know, people working themselves to the bone, stressing themselves out, not taking enough time for self-care and vacation. And I think that is probably the number one driver of imbalances and illness and disease is just overworking and overstressing ourselves, you know, like overdoing cardio, burning the midnight oil and working all night long. And then we have to talk about the obvious, these endocrine disruptors, right? These PUFAs, which everyone's talking about right now, these forever chemicals, the microplastics, the toxic fragrances, and the things that are actually inundating, attacking, and assaulting our body. Because just like well care, this illness is accumulative, right? We are constantly using Glade plugins and Febreze and downy dryer sheets and stuff like that. You are literally poisoning yourself day in, day out. Like I'm that person that takes the Uber and when I get in and it's overscented, I'm like, windows down, please. Why can't there? Oh my gosh, this is one of my biggest pet peeves in the world. Why can't that be a request on Uber? Uber, I hope you're listening. Yeah. Fragrance-free. Some of us really need a fragrance-free ride. That is a just a migraine waiting to jump into my brain. The, with the, we, I actually was with a friend at a conference a couple of years ago. We got out of the car. We, we just, we did windows down. It's still, he had five air fresheners in his car. And we were just like, you know what? We changed our mind. <laughs> we're getting out. It was horrible. And I, I just would look for, and the same with like Airbnb, like, please, I, I, I have like the best guy in the world. And whenever we travel, he will go in first <laughs> and look for, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's like, wait, wait, don't go in yet. Let me check. <laughs> Cause he knows. I can't, I, I am more resilient than I used to be. I'm still working on it, but it, it's, I love it. it. It's toxic. It is poison. You use the word poison. I love that word. It's, it's poison. And maybe we need to go back to using poison instead of toxin because 
that's another, you know, I think people tune out because they're like, oh gosh, what now? What are you saying? And it's like, if you do that one thing, like start there, it's it's life-changing. It really is. This could be a whole side biz, right? Like a no talk super, oh. no talks Airbnb. So anybody out there listening, like seriously, you've got multiple consumers I, right I, here. I travel with <laughs> I travel with my own dish soap because I don't want to use the blue stuff. I don't just don't even want it on my hands. Like, come on. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing is we're really inundated with this stuff. I mean, not just in the air, but look at the foods. I mean, we know the WHO has released information about sucralose and how carcinogenic it is. Again, a poison. And it's still everywhere. There are so many things that are banned in other countries. And we're wondering why the rates of autism, ADHD, and cancer are on the rise, especially in America. And autoimmunity. These additives, the glyphosate. and they're all okay. Like they're all right and accepted by our, you know, powers that be. And we have to vote with our dollars. That is so essential. Buy the organic products, buy the organic foods. Grow seriously. (laughs) If you haven't heard of the Yucca app, that's Y-U-K-A, the Yucca app. It's got a little carrot for its favicon. Please download this app get the upgraded version. It's like nine bucks for a year. You can literally scan any product and get a rating based on its poison or toxicity level. Now, the food section, I will soapbox a little bit about this. I'm not fully 100% in on their food ratings. Like there are things where they're like, well, this is too salty or like I have a really natural organic coconut based protein drink. That's like 20 grams of protein in this beverage. And they're like, Oh, it kind of has a lot of calories. So, you know, pick and choose okay. with the food stuff, yeah. <laughs> but the products, the products ratings are amazing. And they tell you what and why they tell you how to get alternatives. I even ordered a new product that was not in there. I took a picture of the product face and the side of the product. They rated it within like three hours and they seriously every single item. And we're like, this one's good. These ones are bad. And it was like a great product. So I love, love, love the Yucca app. I, this is a new one to me. This is this could be life changing. I use a variety of other apps, and then my brain, right? Yes, <laughs> because yeah, it's. I think all of them are better than nothing, and then I think we also need to to again. There's this lack of personal responsibility that we all need to start stepping up and taking because what's in those boxes in the grocery store isn't food. And it is toxic. I, I was the paddleboard. I said I was paddleboarding yesterday with a friend who was visiting, and she was so excited. And, and and she's like, "I never go in a lake." And I'm like, "What do you what What do you mean you never go in a lake?" And then she chuckled. She's like, "I live in Iowa. I will not get in a lake in Iowa. It's like taking a bath in glyphosate. Why would I do that?" And I'm like, "Yep, so smart, so smart." We were in a pristine mountain lake filled by, you know, ice, ice melt runoff. <laughs> so oh a little different than jumping in a lake in Iowa. So you I'm know, coming to think, visit. Yes, do it. <laughs> people think like, oh, I live in, you know, farmland and, and where I live, there are a lot of farms too. And so it's not always, you know, even like local people say, oh, I, you know, I get eggs from my neighbor and I'm like, 
how does your neighbor's chickens live and what are they eating? Because just because they're home chickens doesn't mean, I, although I will say the one advantage is I'm guessing they're not, you know, dipped in chlorine <laughs> before you buy them. But other than that, like, it doesn't mean they're better. So it's just becoming educated and just like going back to roots of medicine, which is Chinese medicine, we need to go back to roots of, you know, how did humans eat and live? And we were moving, we were sleeping, we were breathing, we were getting sunlight, we were eating real food. So yeah, that is, it's so essential. Are there any, like, I don't know, when it comes to food, you, you named all the ones I name. And again, that's a, that's another big, big thing. If somebody's eating processed food and factory meat, and I was just picking on eggs and maybe some people are like, what's the matter with next door eggs? Like, hopefully they're great, but like, where do you have your patients start? Like, cause it is a lot to say like, okay, <laughs> here's the goal, right? This is what we need to be looking for. What is there something that's more important than something else in your book? Yeah, I mean, it can be really challenging to get completely away from every single processed food under the sun, right? Like, I love me some chicken salad with these delicious Mary's Gone Crackers that I get sometimes, right? Figuring out healthier alternatives is one of the things you can still enjoy the things that you like, like ice cream or something, for example, by getting a coconut milk version of it and watching out for erythritol, which is not a good substitute for sugars. So for anything that you really enjoy, that's maybe a treat or helps you feel good, or that's like, you know, a little bit of a splurge, there are healthier alternatives to those. Besides that, I will say it and scream it and shout it from the rooftops. We need to keep eating high quality, grass fed, free range meats. You can get these at the grocery stores, but better yet, order it online because there are a lot of really great resources that have regenerative farming practices that are much more reasonably priced than something like Whole Foods. Sorry, Whole Foods, but places like Wild Pastures or Piedmontese, right? You can get these like boxes of organic, grass-fed, free-range, high-quality chicken, high-quality beef, and you know that you're supporting farmers who are out there doing the work, loving on these animals, taking care of them, ensuring that they're not getting, you know, all these other toxins and hormones and poisons and things like that. So I would definitely say that in organic fruits and vegetables, you know, try to ditch the bread and things like that, at least get the gluten-free alternatives of these and try to make sure that those gluten-free alternatives aren't full of soy and seed oils. I know it ends up being a lot when we start getting all the way down to the nitty gritty, but start with the basics, kick out the gluten, you know, be very mindful of what kind of dairy you're using. I'm not a no dairy person because I do think that Greek yogurt and if you can get unpasteurized milk where you live, those can be helpful as well. But I tend to lean towards this kind of like organic meat and organic fruit and vegetable oriented diet and start with just a couple things. What you'll find is the gluten-free brown rice pasta, if you cook al dente, is just as delicious as the barilla crap that they're selling in the stores anyway. So you might as well make the shift. You have to ask yourself, is your life, longevity, and health worth it to you? Because to me, it's worth everything. I spend so much money on eating high quality food and it is worth every 
single, any inconvenience and sidebar that I do to make sure that I'm nourishing my body in healthy ways. I love that. And if you live somewhere like I do, you know, go meet your regenerative farmer or rancher and get a freezer and have a side of beef in the the garage. It's so essential. And if you're grain-free, the cassava pasta is just as good as the brown rice pasta. I actually, we like it better, but (laughs) it, it is. And I, but I love that you to start with quality protein because I didn't have guidance in my journey and everything was kind of, you know, I was self-educating and, and it was this long road of adjusting and, you know, people always have so, we were so misguided when it came to what is healthy, what is real food, what is good for you. And so, you know, beef has been vilified. And, and so anybody who's looking at studies about beef, you know, that's, that's, you know, commercial feedlot beef, it's, it's terrible. (laughs) Like it's, it's not the same, like grass fed pastured beef is higher in omega threes. It's, it's good for you. And so I love the, the, you're starting there because our proteins, I mean, we need protein. That's our building blocks, right? So that makes so much sense to start there. It really does. And I will add this. I don't go out to eat much because I love to cook. My partner loves to cook. We're very intentional about the quality of food we eat. And and so we do spend a lot on groceries, but I bet you people that are grabbing coffee at Starbucks and eating out several times a week are spending just as much money on food, but they're not getting what we're getting. So uh, I know that's a, like a barrier. A lot of people immediately are like, oh my God, well, the, the gluten-free pasta is more expensive. Well, yeah, but your doctor bills are going to be expensive. <laughs> so let's, let's, you know, again, that's where that proactive and, and, you know, thinking long-term. And going to your farmer's markets, right? Like there are ways that you can eat healthy without it being overtly expensive. Like I even mentioned finding at your farmer's markets or some of these online resources. Like when I buy meat at the grocery store, yes, I'm paying extra. But when I order these boxes, it's like 150 bucks for an unreasonable amount of food from wild pastures. It's like a whole chicken, chicken breast, chicken thighs, chicken wings, ground beef. There's so much in there. And there are ways that you can find these healthier alternatives and still be mindful of your budget, along with thinking about how much your doctor bills will cost and the things that are detrimental long-term medications, so forth. Uh, Yeah, I love it. It's such just priceless advice. So I I really, if you're listening to this, please listen to Diana, take her advice. It's, it's just so important. And the, the one thing leads to the next, right? It's just about taking that first step, which leads me to, because we did cover a lot. If you had to, and I know this is so hard, (laughs) if you had to give listeners one thing they could start doing today to move that needle and start to improve their health, what would it be? It could be anything. I love it. I got the download immediately. Oh, good. Listen to your body. Listen. You are getting signals and messages every day. You eat something crappy. You feel like crap. You wake up anxious. Maybe you didn't drink enough water. Your body is giving you little whispers that will become whales if you do not listen. So just 
pay attention to the things that you're eating. Oh, I have a midday slump every single day. Well, is it before or after food? Oh, okay. You haven't oh, right after an hour after lunch. Or you just ate something <laughs> heavy and dense and crap. Like just listen to your body. It is telling you every single day what you're doing to move the needle in your life. And then when you start implementing the many, many pieces of advice that we've shared in this summer in this segment, you'll start to listen to those too. And you'll be like, whoa, I woke up and went for a walk and I feel amazing today. I'm going to do that again tomorrow. <laughs> I love it. Oh. Yay! For people that listen on the go, which is pretty much the only time I will listen to podcasts, where is the best place to find you? Yeah, you can find me in a couple different avenues. So my primary website is moonmedicinemagic.com. That is consistent across the board. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook at the same Moon Medicine Magic. My email, also moonmedicinemagic at gmail.com. You're welcome to reach out if you'd like to chat further. I love sharing health and wellness information. And when I have created this new project that I'm so excited to feature you on as well, Julie, we'll be able to find that information through those same avenues as well. Amazing. And it'll all be in the show notes. I just wanted, like I, like I said, for those that are aren't going to pause and go look in the show notes. Sometimes it's nice just to get that auditory hit. So Diana, thank you for sharing so many amazing tips and sharing a bit of your journey with us today. It has been such a pleasure to have you. Likewise, honored to share. Always fun to chat with you. For everyone listening, remember you can get those show notes and transcripts by visiting inspiredliving.show. I hope you had a great time and enjoyed this episode as much as I did. I'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to Julie Michelson's Inspired Living with Autoimmunity. Did you enjoy this episode? Please like, share, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. If you'd like to get a transcript of this and every other episode, just head on over to inspiredliving.show or click on the link in this episode's description. There, you can also find everything we discussed in this episode, including links and information about our guests. You can even send in your questions to be answered by Julie in a future episode. That's inspiredliving.show. Until next time, this is Julie Michelson's Inspired Living with Autoimmunity podcast, helping you take your power back.